The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time roma craft tobacco the after show the after show the after show the after show it's the after show and it's a special after show because just when you thought he was out we pulled him back in Mickey Pegg, a, uh, a cigar rep, a VP, a uh, national sales guy, he did it all, and everybody knew him in the industry. He was, uh, I would say, a, uh, for a guy that didn't own a company, he was a cigar celebrity. Everybody knew who he was. Well, when you get up at uh, TAA and you sing like Barry White. That's right. How do you not? Did lots of stuff. He was a the former VP of CAO back in the day when CAO was all that. Uh, worked for Davidoff. Where else did you work? Uh, I started at Georgetown Tobacco, actually, when I was oh, a junior in college. As a retailer. Yeah. Georgetown Tobacco and in Washington. And a geek before that. Yep. Fetching cigars for the senator. Yes. So that's uh, that's where it all started. And uh, so you moved along your way uh, with different cigar companies as time went on. Right. And to, uh, I would say the, the height of your success was VP for CAO. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was- The best the, and worst day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that was, you were there through the- Transition. Tra- yeah, transition of CAO as a family-owned and operated company, the Osinger family, over to Scandinavian Tobacco. Right. Um, and then working corporate now with that. Yeah, and they folded it into general after that. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, that was a change up there. And um, you left or you were let go? Oh, I, I didn't leave the industry. The industry left me. That's so um, not the industry, but the company. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was a tumultuous time because I had moved my family to Nashville. Uh, and my wife's from Philadelphia. And I fell in love with Philadelphia. Simply, you know, I grew up in Florida, Daytona Beach. Yeah. Um, Went to Lopez, went off to Catholic University in Washington, D.C., played football and lacrosse, Division Three. you know, school. It was great. Uh, a lot of the guys I played ball with and lacrosse with were from the Philly area. So when I moved back up where my wife's from, it was an easy transition because I already knew all the guys. They yeah. kept asking me, like, what high school did you go to? I'm like, Father Lopez. They're like, where's that? I'm like, Daytona Beach. You know? yeah. So they all thought I was actually, by the time I moved there, they thought I was originally from the Philadelphia area. So Good. Um yeah, so it, it was it was interesting. I fell in love with this industry and when I was a junior. So what happened was, I was working on Capitol Hill. I was working for a senator. And uh, this was during NAFTA. Yeah. So I was really in, uh, one of my jobs in NAFTA was I had to go down to Mexico and translate in my span, just because I was, I could say hola. They're like, <laughs> yeah. right, you're, you're going. You're good enough. You're the guy. Yeah, you're going. And uh, I had to go down to uh, what, in Quintana Roo, where Cancun is, so it was beautiful. Yeah. All the jungles, and you interview people with a translator. 
and you find out, you know, what's their version of how they like NAFTA. They had no idea what NAFTA was going mm. on. But I tell you what, they had no electricity, but they could always get you a cold beer for a dollar. So, right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, from that point, I was fetching, what happened was back then when you were an intern, you didn't have to pay the intern. So if you did a really good job, you got rewarded. The senator or the chief of staff would give you a pile of money. You'd jump in a cab, go to Georgetown, tobacco, buy the cigars, bring them back, and you got to keep the change. Ah. And on top of it, if um, somebody didn't show up to smoke that cigar, you got to sit in there with the senator, smoke the cigar. You'd listen, he'd be on the phone with President Reagan or you know whatever the situation wow. was, was. To hear that secondhand, but it was really kind of cool. I'm like... This is awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be a senator someday. So the, I was inspired from the cigar that I wanted to go into politics, but it kind of took a different route. And you that. would have been good in politics because you're great personality. Everybody loved you. Everybody loves you. Everybody loved you. And and I remember the day when you were out of the business. That was it. And I'm like, no, no, he's going to pop up somewhere, which is what we usually see that happens with everybody in this industry. They're going to pop up somewhere, but you. Went away, and that was it. Were you soured at that point? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when you move your family somewhere, uh, up in Rudham, and especially if you look at my wife's family, Kimmy, who's been amazing, um, their family has never moved away without a plan coming back. Mm. When we moved to Nashville, there was no plan coming back. I was going to be uh, the Gary Sinise to Tom Hanks, you know, with, with Tim Oscar. That's the way I kind of looked at yeah. it. Yeah. I remember that interview with uh, Gary Sinise. They're like, yeah, and, yeah, and what a team it would have been. I mean, it would have been unbelievable that what they had already done, but you added to that along with John Huber and oh, the, the, the team that was there was unbelievable. Oh, it was, um, you know, and you know, the, the, some of my fondest memories were before we moved into that tabernacle, uh, which was awesome. We were in this, we were in cubes on top of each other. Nothing got past us. So if I was in the office out, not on the field, no, no, put him on hold. You know, we're, we're going to have this conversation. Yeah. And being around, you know, Huber, we were polar opposites. You know, I was bow tie. He was tattoos. Right. And he's just such a creative guy and just so cool. And it was just so much fun. And then, you know, with the mentorship of uh, Mike Condor and Jono, was amazing. And then the hyperactive creativity of, of Tim. Right. And it was just magical. And, uh, and a funny, I, funny guy. I mean, it yeah, and, and the sales reps that I had, too, were called rhinos. And there are a lot of them are still in the industry and leaders in the industry today. Uh, some of the greatest guys I ever worked with. And they're all big guys, so we call, I called them rhinos. And one day, Adam Shepard, our CFO, goes, you know, it's not called a herd of rhinos. It's called a crash. And I'm like, oh, perfect. That's their name. So, you know, right? Okay. And it kind of looked like a reservoir dogs. One day, we're on the floor for the RTDA. And here they go. They come around the corner. And you could see them just, it was like they were walking in slow motion. Here yeah. comes the beef, you know, so it was, it was awesome. <laughs> what a powerhouse company that was and uh, that other people tried to emulate CAO. Other people tried to do it. See, CAO was a company that other people made the cigars for them. It wasn't that they right. were cigar manufacturers, but the marketing and outside the box mentality of what CAO was and the family that they were was unbelievable. And uh, as you say, some of these people – amongst us today still talking yeah, absolutely. Fields, working for different people and stuff where did they come from they came from there was it that they were chosen out of everybody or were they groomed into the position they are my the thing i looked at is because i was always traveling because i was working part-time at the white house at the time uh you know that was the nature of the job uh, working in dc you got a job for nine months and you look for one for three yeah and i learned how to travel i'm like if they knew how to travel and had a passion for cigars you know, and Conner's going to laugh when he hears this. You know, I've always said you could teach a guy, 
you know, you can teach a guy about cigars, uh, but you can't teach a guy to be passionate about them. And I stole that from, you know, Paul Bear Bryant. He used to say, uh, I can't teach a guy to be 6'5", but I can teach him how to play football. Yeah. So, um, and that was it. I'm like, and I thought they had a propensity to travel, and uh, and they did. You know, you know, expense reports, put, get information out there, you know, m- making sure they did the routes and all that stuff, and th- these people were all capable. So Yeah, half the battle is showing up, right? Yeah, and they were all geeks first. Whether they came from retail or not, you know, first and foremost, I was a cigar smoker, and I, and I try never to forget that. You know, I know, we've had conversations about that, but... The consumer is the most important person in it, obviously, but it, that gets key. lost. Yep. It gets yeah. lost. It's so basic, you know. Yeah. It's it, it's um, you know. So I, I consider myself first a consumer because I buy other people's stuff. Yeah. Or you know, I get you in a good mood and you hand me a free cigar. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. But you know, first uh, you know, I still smoke other people's cigars. As compliment, you yeah. You know, it's like we were talking about Sock. I love Sock. Yeah. I loved him back in the days when he was writing for JRs. Yeah. The guy's a character, You're you right. know. Uh, he puts a real academic approach to it, but, you know, like, and then, you know, from that fact, and then I was a retailer. So to learn, you know, that from one of the best at the time and yeah. uh, um, from Burkbile. David Burkbile, yeah, was amazing. And then to go out in the field and visit some of the best shops when I got promoted or when I went to Davidoff, I'm like, this, you're paying me to smoke cigars, travel and eat these gorgeous dinners. And yeah. Unbelievable wine. It was amazing. So. And, and then fr- from. Kind of corporate Davidoff to family CA. So you, you've done it all at that point. Well, Davidoff was still had a family kind of atmosphere yeah. to it when I was there. Okay. Because Dr. Schneider was yes. still there. You had Raymond Schur. Yeah. A, a part of, you know, we talked about the other line that's coming out in March, uh, the dedication. Those so guys. Late 90s. Yeah. Raymond Schur was Dino's best friend. To learn from those guys, to go down to Dominican yeah. all the time and learn from those guys yeah. was amazing. Uh, the atmosphere was, it was. None other. I mean, Dr. Schneider flew me and my wife over and had a special coffee with him. And yeah, nice. it was it was just uh, you know we ate at a castle. It, I'm like, this is this is all I'm going to ever do. So now you end up uh, getting out of the business. It was 12 years out. No, no. So it was about uh, 2010. 2010. So, okay, okay, so 10 years out. Yeah. And uh, d- were you saying I'm going to come back someday, or it just the way it lined up? At that point, I did consider it, and um, if you remember the recession was hitting. So, uh, you know, I ended up going into, uh, wealth management. You know, I, I always tend to get into an industry when it's at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I did, but you know, we had other things you couldn't, the smoke friendly and smoke, uh, regulations yeah. were coming in. Then you had the FDA, you had S chip, those things coming in. So when the recession hit the cigar, the cigar industry, we were really, weren't even looking at or modifying our numbers on our orders and where we expected our, our pipeline distribution to be at that time, uh, we were just trying to navigate that. Yeah. And and um, so we were ahead of the curve. So we were actually, as an industry, I would say, we were ahead of the recession because we were already kind of putting the brakes on a little bit. Okay. And then inventory was starting to catch up, so you really had to make sure, you know, that was you order 10 pounds to get 8 pounds of tobacco, you know, one of those yeah. uh, deals. So, uh, yeah, and, I, and wherever I wanted to go, and Rocky was one of them. You know, they had already had Dave Bullock there, who was another uh, kind of a mentor of mine in the industry yeah. at the time. There was no place for me to go, and I wasn't going to be a rep again. Okay. Because if I left Davidoff because I saw the ceiling, and I loved that place, yeah, I wasn't going to go back to being a rep. It wasn't that I was above that. It was just that I had come too far not to make sure I at least maintained that level. A lot of my friends 
came to me with money and said, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. I'm like, man, I can't even think of a name of a company. I couldn't even think of anything. Not a bad place to be in wealth management, dealing with these people and saying, okay. Yeah, well, so what happened was I moved the family back to Nashville, or yeah. not, not, back to uh, Philadelphia area, and an old friend of mine at Lincoln Financial brought me on, and I actually wholesaled, almost like cigars, mutual funds uh, and, inside of retirement packages. Yeah. For Lincoln, and I did did really well, and it was great. Got the family back up and running to a place that they deserved to be. But you know, and I was happy. I really was, and, and, and not travel like you did before. I was still traveling. Quite oh, yeah, a bit. yeah, because it was kind of like the Davidoff. I had a territory. They're like, I send Mickey out to this convention, have him speak because oh. I did presentations. All right, what they called decks. Uh, you know, the, those things. I did those all the time. And because if you have a portfolio manager try to talk to the end customer. They're never going to buy that mutual fund. I mean, those guys just can't talk. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them. So that's why they have that wholesaling mechanism for that. And it was funny because I was still using cigars as a tool to sell mutual funds. Because if you look at a mutual fund, it comes in all different flavors and sizes. Large, mark, you know, blue, blue chip, large, emerging, whatever you want. They have a different wrapper on them. And then, you know, there's a binder in there. It's usually Apple stock, and then the fillers, all these other different stocks that are in there. Interesting. So, and I would use that, and I would actually, I, I think I was telling you the story, yeah. I would go to like Civil Lounge. Paul Spence, who, was, who also worked for me, was working with them at the time, and I would have advisors in there. I said, hey, listen, go get me a cigar. Go get me like a double R. Give me something really, really expensive. Get me a sharp knife. And, you know, give me a cutting board. And what I would do is I you know, take the cigar band off, sit there, and I take the knife and I cut it right down the middle, laterally. Everybody, oh! Oh, they're like, oh my God, he's, $25. he's pissing away 25 bucks. Yeah. And I'd show them the wrapper, the binder, what a long filler was, and how you could see the components. Like, you, know, you either have anywhere from one to four components, usually, in a, you know, in the filler. Show them that, and, and then they're like, wow. And I would actually line that up, like I just told you, with the mutual fund. And then I would put it in, because I actually sold retirement packages. And then I would shove it in a wine glass. I'd tell them to cup that wine glass, stick their nose in there. I go, that's what a factory smells like. That's why you need to get down to a factory. It's not interesting. Yeah, and it's, and it's a really interesting but, smell. And it's an interesting experience for nobody expected that to happen. No. Yeah, so like this, different. They knew I was going to do something cigarish. Yeah. I played, they're like, dude, you, smoke, you, know, you do cigars? You, came, you were at CAO? And they Google me, see me throwing out the first pitch for you know pirates and all this stuff. Right. And... Um, you know, they didn't expect that. They're like, geez, well, I could have smoked that. You know, you'd see the real cheap guy, like, trying to put it back together. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. So you you meet with other financial guys, and they say, let's put a company together. Yeah, so uh, one of my uh, one of my partners is a guy that's been a long, uh, lifelong friend, and we actually broke a rule in my family that we wouldn't have – we said we would never have somebody be the godfather of one of our children that wasn't a family member, no matter what. Mm. So this guy, Martin Corboy, he's uh, he's actually the godfather of my oldest daughter, him. We've been lifelong friends since my freshman year of college. And then a couple of years later, we um, we made friends with a guy named Frank Leo. So Frank was um, went to the Air Force Academy, and then he went over to Afghanistan and learned how to procure cigars and, and wow. beer. So And then um, after that, he had a nice run with Accenture, you know, and went through their growth. And when they were gobbling up everybody and so he's really he's really bright in logistics and, and uh, raising money. Right. So we do have some investors. We're very transparent about yeah. that. Yeah, um, but nothing where you know that anything can. I have to answer to. And, and I think you guys must be all good guys because the name of the brand itself 
is All Saints. Yeah, so <laughs> it, was, it was funny because we had the name of our first regular production cigar done, dedication, you know, dedication on, you know, in Spanish. Yeah. And we're talking about it, and we're like, well, you know, what are we going to call the company? Well, I'm like, we can't call it dedication. And we're sitting there, and um, I was talking about David Berkebile. And I was talking about my college football coach, Fred O'Connor. And I'm like, that guy was a saint. That guy was a saint. You know, Mickey, my formal name is Michael. Frank is, form, is, is Francis, actually, on his. Ah. So, um, and Martin. You guys like, are all saints. And Martin goes, all saints. And we look at Martin, we're like, fuck, Martin, is that, is that an saint? He goes, yeah, there's islands named after him. You know, there's a St. Martin. You know? right. like, so that was it, all saints. And we, you know, went to do the trademark, and it was fine. It was wide open. Um, there's, there's nice. You've been around, even though you know a lot of people they don't look at trademarks. They, yeah, they just well, come swinging. It's biggest mistake in the industry. Yeah, they're, good. Well, there's, 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 you know, there's people out there to collect them just to collect them. Yeah. You know, so, um, so that that went well, and you know, from there, so this conversation has been going on for the last four years. All right. So four years ago, it really started to get legs of its own, and then we were talking about maybe me staying. Part time, you know, doing full time selling mutual funds, and then in the evening I'd go visit, you know, the cigar shops and just stick to the middle, like do an ultra local and visit the, the cigar shops. Well, it, it wasn't it wasn't going to work. So, and then also I said, if we're going to put this much money in, I need to understand this FDA scenario because yeah. I, I was a, I was a little rusty. Yeah. You know? So, a lot happened while you were gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, well I was keeping an eye on it. Just, I, right. I wasn't, in, I wasn't in, the, in the eye of the public, but I, I was still there lingering around. And I said, I got to understand this FDA that I can look at that the glass is half full. That was number one. Number two was I had to make sure that our investors and my two partners could understand what enough of the FDA and say, hey, listen. We're going to put a lot of money into this, and it could all go away, and we all got to have to be friends at the end of the day, if that happens, God forbid. And the third thing is I really realized I had to go full-time at it. So, and my wife and my kids saw such exhilaration with me that it was unbelievable, like the excitement of getting back in, working on the projects we did. I got out of all my old notes. I mean, I have mountains of notes, you know. Um, and it's just just so exciting. And, and I do. And I'm, I'm looking at this as half full. I still think it's a great industry. I know there's were some bickering going on over the weekend. But, you know, we're, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, coming up here yesterday to visit you, I was giddy. You know, it's like Christmas morning driving up here because I'm staying down in Cambridge to come up here and see you. Uh, th that's, I was always excited to see my retailers, especially the fun ones, the good yeah. ones, the smart ones. So, because um, I get ideas. For, you know, I'd steal your idea and use it. Good. Use it out in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, I, I always try to have a, a, a territory in mind. You know, when I did that. Yeah. So that that was it, and uh, it's taken on a life of its own. Um, and working on these cigars. So, so this is out there. This one is out there. Yeah. So uh, technically, it went out on uh, All Saints Day, uh, November first. Okay. And um, we only did five hundred boxes. Not that it was limited tobacco or anything, but at the time. Well, you got to buy. How many are you going to buy, right? Right. Well, years ago, it was, well, three or four years. We were looking at it, it was like, we got to 15,000 cigars. Totally, actually, I kind of totally forgot about it. So I go in to work on the dedication, the line that's coming out in March. Yep. And so that was about a year ago. And Amika is down in the factory, he goes, or Milkar, Perez, as people know him. He goes, uh, what are we going to do with these 15,000 cigars? And then we're just like, well, yeah, what are we going to do with these 15,000 cigars? I'm like, let's box them up and sell them. I go, we're not going to have anything to March. 
hopefully I can get these in in time and get on the streets and go have a reason to go say hi to all my old friends in the industry and get the, get the cobwebs out, get the kinks out. So this is a, this is a one-size Solamente. Yep. A one-size, which is what? One, uh, five by 58. One five, foot tall. Five yep. by 58. One size, that's it. And yeah. it's not necessarily going to be an ongoing thing. No, I, I mean, I, I won't say no. Yeah. Uh, we, could rep, we could replicate it uh, if we wanted, but there's too many other th- projects going on right now for me to even think about So it. this was just the, the precursor to the brand coming out in mind. Welcome <laughs> back to the industry, Cigar. Right. Well, the funny thing is my, uh, one, my partner called it a prequel. Okay. I, and I said, well, usually the movie's out when the prequel comes out. He goes, ah, it's on the cutting floor. Because we knew what the packaging was, the blend. The, the blend was just been resting. So by the time the consumer smokes it, it'll be about a year old. All right. Old. So, so you glossed over it a little bit. You you know everybody in the industry, in every country, in every manufacturing thing. But you went to Rocky Patel. Yeah. So Rocky and I, you know, obviously, as you know, I was a sales rep and quickly got up to management very quickly. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the youngest guys in the industry at the time without being a birthright. And I was very fortunate to travel and be around a lot of interesting, talented people. And um, Rocky and I became good friends just from traveling, seeing each other at events. And yeah. and I thought I was the hardest working guy in the industry at the time, but he was harder. Um, so, and that's what I, and I trust him, you know. And it was, it was funny because, you know, I want to have that relationship and it's and it's definitely in that direction because you just don't have a relationship with Rocky. You have a relationship with Nimish. You have a relationship with Nish. You have yeah. a relationship with Dave, Mr. B, Christy, so many fine people in the organization. And uh, if I was going to do something and double down at 50 years old, be, become an entrepreneur for the first time in my life, right. I wanted to have somebody that I trust. Okay, of course. So, you know, you're supposed to have the rule of threes. I told my partner I had three people that we were going to talk to, but it was, uh, it was only one. Yeah, and I kept that on their shirt. So we go down and we meet with them. They're all sitting in the room. And all the people I just mentioned. Yeah, and you went to Nicaragua. Yo, Nicaragua yeah, plenty of times. But before I, but before I did that, I went down to interview, thinking I was going to interview Rocky in the gang. I was getting interviewed. Of course, <laughs> he's like, "If I'm going to do this, he goes, How, you know, what's your distribution strategy? What's your thing? Show me that you have the money you say you do. Show me this. Show me the control. And because let me show me the docs. It's everything. He, Most of them lose because they don't have the financing to keep going. And right. Yeah. So, uh, and he goes, "What's your strategy on this?" And, and then I ended up. I said, "We have an integration strategy too. This is what we sold to the you know to the um, to the investors. This is not. If I got 20 years to grind it out there." 25, I, I don't want to sell mutual funds. I got to do this. I got to be down in the factories. Uh, it's not my factory, obviously. We're yeah. very transparent about it. If you, you're not going to see any, if you see any pictures of me out in the field, there's actually a picture out there rolling around. I'm going to be taking a lesson from Herb or, or Amika. Those, they're going to be showing me what's sure, going on. Sure. You know, uh, you're not going to see dirty fingernails, not because I'm above that. It's just that I never learned how to work a finger. Yeah. I never learned how to work a farm. I could work with the leaves when they when they get to maturity and stuff like that, like we did with Tim and I and, and Huber back in yeah. the day. But yeah. How does the blend what does the blending process look like when you're you're in there working with someone like Rocky? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll I have some proprietary things I do, but I'll give you a general overview. I'll, I'll, so my skeleton of what I do it also has a lot to do with time. I will go to Naples. I'm down in Naples quite a bit. Um, but even sometimes it's just for one day. Rocky's office. Yeah, Rocky's office. His headquarters. Yeah. It's actually in Bonita Springs, but Bonita Springs. I've got that Southern coming back. Um, and I'll say what I'm looking at, what, what we want. And, you know, because of some of the predicate issues and stuff like that, 
that's a that's where I'll jump off. So I'll smoke it there. Anywhere from four to ten options. And I will tell you that I keep them in chapters. Like I'm we're working on a medium, full, not not flavor profiles. Yeah. Medium, uh, full or or mild. Then we do that. And then we'll get adjustment, they'll get sent to me. I'll do it. And then I go down to the factory. Then we look at we get the piles of leaves and we do it from there. And the rest I do is I write, you know, my little what I do. So Okay. So and I have a little bit of a kangaroo court that I work with. So as well. So, so the Solamente is out there right now? Yeah, it's out there right now. It um, there's one shape, one size, five hundred boxes that are out there. Oh, it's actually five fifty. We're gonna hold back fifty boxes like okay. um just for whatever reason, one of those rainy days. And and, be, and because you have the connections in there, you're getting into some good places where you belong as opposed to every place. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. There's My strategy is I want to find the right people like I had before. People tell me they don't exist. They, didn't t- they told me they didn't exist last time I hired up. I found all these people. Right. And, you know, and honestly, John found some of the people. Uh, if you uh, end up with a couple hundred good retailers, it's great as opposed to a thousand mediocre. Right. Don't trip over a quarter to pick up a nickel. It's yeah. uh, so it's it's ultra concentrated on the area that I'm concentrated on geographically. Um, I've had people say, "Mickey, ship it to me right now," um, uh, and I kind of know because I don't want it to be sitting on a shelf and then have a great cigar turn into a dog because nobody paid attention to it. Yeah. If, if we, if, if my organization and me can't be in there to help get it back out of the humidor, I can get on the shelf. Let's, at the right. end of the day, we, we sure. know that I can get it on the shelf, but I got to get it off. You know, I got to get it back out the door. Yeah, uh, you have to be compelling. Got to be relevant, and, and it's got to be something that people don't forget you when you walk out the door because you don't know the next time you're going to be back in that shop unless you have a scheduled event or anything yeah. of that sort. I, I smoked this yesterday. Um, I, I thought it, it started off pretty heavy. Then it got into a medium. I was going to ask, now that we've set the scale from yeah. Saturday show. Seven. All right, so can I say something about that? That's I love coming in to do this, to talk about my cigar after. Hold on, what, what we got here? I took some notes. Uh, <laughs> retro. Uh, one for the uh, uh, vomit, vomit, yes, <laughs> heave, oh, whatever. Like yeah, high cigars. Are these are these negative? I, I didn't I didn't throw up or anything. I just no, no. It. Well, we're not we're not talking about a young cigar. First off, it's a no. new cigar, but, but it, I can tell right off the bat this is very very aged. Yeah, it's been. It was the tobacco was about two years old. By the time we worked with it, and then it, it, it sat for about two years. Matter of fact, uh, that doesn't happen, folks. Just so you know, most of this stuff is is rolled in six rushed, weeks yeah. after. It was an accident, though. Like if you look, whatever at, this you, is, you study like blue ocean theory and all that stuff. If you look back at it, it was it was an accident. It happened. Matter of fact, that's why we put the the name of the scar on the foot <laughs> because it had been sitting in the in the cedar shed for so long. If, 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 it, if the foot chipped a little bit, the, the consumer will think they did it when they took off the foot band. <laughs> Good. Very smart. Because it actually it would have probably looked a little better with the double band together, but that's the way we did that yeah. one. So. This is straight up medium. Yeah, okay, good. And, and I know that's what he said. I And he was right once I got into the cigar a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But initial initial thing was maybe an eight and then maybe down to a six. Right, and I have it at a five, so we're back to where we were before it we It didn't did. help at all. No. It didn't help at all. Yeah. So the name of the company is All Saints Cigars, and then underneath it, there's four Latin words. What are those four Latin words, and what do they mean? Yeah, so uh, thanks for asking. So uh, a buddy of mine that I played golf with 
in uh, back home, 2018, I got 140 rounds in. Uh, 2019, I got 14 rounds in. And we were playing together, and uh, we, were, we were like a member member. And I had this fade shot that I had to do. And, and the people that know that I golf with know that I'm a horrible golfer to begin with. So, And I had to get over this, this tree that, that we call Matumbo. And he goes, I go, because we've got to go for it, man. We're, we're down. He goes, you know, the Lord hates a coward. <laughs> so I struck the ball, and it was like one of the most beautiful shots in the world. Boom, hit the pin, went down. We went in for a bird and went one. And I was, from that time on, I liked it. So, so the Latin, uh, that's what the Latin means. It means the Lord hates a coward. Ah. So, because everybody keeps telling me it's the worst time to get in the industry. Absolutely. And is. I've heard that for 25 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I have a good record of getting in at the bottom of something and, and watching it go up. Good. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm looking at this as a, in the trough, as we would talk, say in the investment world. And Mickey Peg, if somebody can make it, it's you. That's yeah, going to do it. And it. Uh, we're taking it on and looking forward to it when it arrives. And uh, you can get it from us. Or Hopefully next Friday you guys will have it. So Great. Great. Uh, where do people find you? How do a retailer listening to us get a hold of you if they're interested? Uh, you can uh, via Facebook, Instagram, all my stuff's out there. Mickey Peg. M I C K Y. Yeah, no E and Mickey. That's so Mickey you, Mouse, not, yeah. not Mickey Peg. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and then retailers, uh, consumers should find it at their favorite store. Or yeah, ask for they, it. yeah. We, we will not. We will not go direct to consumer. So uh, absolutely, uh, people so, like yourself. Uh, yeah, ask uh, your retailer to find him. And uh, in the meantime, you, you're hitting the road. Yeah, you're uh, going out there and starting it up. So watch for it. Um, Solamente, but um, the regular line. Dedication will be out. Uh, we'll be shipping that on uh, March 17th, St. Patty's Day. Okay. Looking Me and my partner is one of our favorite days of the year. So, Welcome back to the industry. I'm so Thanks happy you're back. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, so happy. Thanks for having me on the show. This is great. I, I, I and we, you were the first one to let it out of the bag, though, I by the know, way. I know. I'm sorry. I no, can't, that, can't my my wife was texting you <laughs> when I was watching this show and said, Mickey, you know, rumor has it, Mickey Pegg's back in the business and you put it on and you guys... It, uh, it's big. I'm so happy. When, when, when somebody leaves the industry that's a good guy and you say what a shame because we, we lost a good one but here you are coming back i couldn't be happy thank you for good the luck words. congratulations thank you. put the lid end in your mouth you might like it <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by the hosts guests or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the studio 21 podcast cafe the united podcast network its partners or affiliates